was channel surfing the local entertainment feeds. At least Xandal had forgotten about requesting an absence of minibar, thus lending an element of entertainment to his otherwise dull evening. That green stuff, it really packed a wallop. He didn't understand a word they were saying, but that didn't stop him from making up stories as he watched. Two green things with violently vibrant plumage were whistling the advantages of something colourful and apparently bendy. Maybe it was a cooking apparatus. The stuff they were smearing on it looked kind of yummy. Mmm, 
cheese waffles. After 20 minutes, the violently vibrant host still hadn't shut up about it, leaving Quell plenty of time to divine which series of symbols was the comms number, and then how to call them up on their awkward comms system. It took him three goes to get someone who spoke standard. And things are hooting about on the screen. I want a buttload of them. How much is it? Exandal stared at the grinning human. The redness in the mammal's face was a display of mortification. Reflex. What the flack? He sighed again at the pile of packaging. I made sure you were locked in the hostel room. How did you get into this much debt? Quell winced. Evidently, things were too loud. I was watching the local feeds, and then I found the green stuff, and after that, it's all a bar. Exandal felt some of Quell's hangover by osmosis. Do you even know what you bought? Uh, cheese waffle makers? Exandal felt his own reflex mortification reaction rising against his will. They're not for preparing food, he said. They're sex aids. They don't always have to be that, do they? Whimpered Whale. We now commence intermission with a word from the author. Greetings, Assemble Cognizance. I wrote the story or stories you just heard, as well as performed it on a relatively cheap headset mic. We all have to start somewhere, and this is me, using what I've got. You might be wondering about the reference numbers. I can't read my fan fictions for legal reasons, so I'm skipping all the flash fictions I wrote that were inside someone else's IP. They are still available online for free, which we all prefer as a price tag. I'm doing this podcast for two reasons. The first being accessibility and the other being advertising. I want as many people as possible enjoying my little tales and providing audio versions of them might just help with that. Likewise, if people can hear my stories, they might just wish to share them with their friends. We have busy lives these days and curling up with a good book just isn't in the cards for many people. I get it. It's been literal years since I've been able to enjoy the same privilege. Therefore, these half-hour-ish podcasts should help fill some kind of void for someone, somewhere. Hopefully, it's you. If you wish to hear an improvement in audio quality, buy my books, join my Patreon, or just send me a Kofi, then you might just want to set your data readers to internauta.org. That's I-N-T-E-R-N-U-T-T-E-R dot O-R-G. There you will find links to every current means I have to get the word out, access to projects I'm working on, and the fast track to my Patreon and Kofi pages. If you like the melodious sound of my voice and wish to hear your business or organization name rendered in a semi-Australian accent, then send an inquiry to nutterbutler at gmail.com. That's N-U-T-T-E-R-B-U-T-T-L-E-R at gmail.com. We can negotiate rates. If you make music and wish to hear it distributed by my newbie podcast, then send a sample and an inquiry. 
and we can take it from there. Keep in mind that I am distributing this podcast for free and I'm currently making zero dollars out of this affair. Thank you for listening and I hope you stick with me for the foreseeable future. Accessing archival file reference number 000016. File name reference. Worst date ever. Prompt. Quote. Sophia Pirelli was everything a girl like me could hope for. Tall, beautiful, intelligent, editor of the college paper, a tall redhead with legs that went on for miles. I'd crushed on her for months finally working up the gumption to ask her for coffee. She was perfect, she was glorious, and yet we had nothing to talk about." AKA the most awkward date ever slash what happens when crushes and reality collide violently. Yes, my foster parents named me Daniel, Danny. They wanted a boy, but since they couldn't tell, they went with a more plastic name. How did you come by shade? The lizard in a plethora of pink carnations, none of them flowers, twiddled nervously with her chopstick cheetahs. Oral had covertly turned on his vocorder ages ago, since Shade was still a person of interest to many. He did his best to eat quietly. The recordings would never be distributed if he could help it, just used for fact verification in his Q&A file somewhere. Well, I was bouncing between some different dimensions for a bitty while. Pillar to post, helter to skelter. You get the idea. A lot of them were uh, socially backwards. I got mistaken for a demon. A lot. Shade paused for a bite of something with the tentacles still on. Anyway, after hearing about Phil Shade from the back of his pit a few hundred times, I figured I might as well go by the name that they kept calling me. Oh, I so totally get that. Like, when I told my folks I identified female, they started spelling my name with an I instead of a Y. I like the Y. It's me. Shade smiled politely, if warmly. Yeah, you look like that. Only a lot different. Danny, the lizard girl, giggled nervously. <laughs> Sociology study. Cognizance raised by humans. Better or worse off than children raised by animals? Ryle decided that someone else would be better off doing that study. The humans had enough problems with the prejudice owing to their species-wide recognised insanity. Um, uh, is it a lot different, you know, uh, 20th century versus 25th? Well, there's still no flying cars, big shock. Wait, that was sarcasm! I love the sarcasm! I just can never get it right. Fab. Shade cleared her throat. <coughs> the computers that could argue were a shocker. I guess that's only fair, though. We were working on parallel intelligence ever since we figured some behaviours could be programmed. Not my forte. You, you don't like music? I thought your home era was all about music. I mean, more works per capita were written in your era. So many artists, so much talent. So many tunes you can, like, never get out of your mind. No forte music. Forte is another word for strength. My hobby's music. What do you play? Can you do Stairway to Paradise? I'm not in the habit of bringing my axe to a date. This is a date? 
I'm not of age. I thought it was a date when I mistook you for a fella. And I thought you were older. Another nervous giggle. <laughs> I have a lot more time to think in text space. I uh, figure that out. Shade snagged something made to look like a rose off the conveyor. More for something to do than to eat. She sniffed it before eating it. Do you have a career lined up? Well, I'm so into history, it's scary. I uh, figured that out too. And fire. You will now enjoy a brief musical interlude by Ellipsis Addiction.
Accessing archival file reference number 00017. File name reference. Don't go breaking my heart. Prompt. Letting a date down easy. Shade winced as she filtered the young lizard girl's enthusiastic babbling through her own understanding. Yikes. This kid had the worst case of wishful listening Shade had ever seen. Danny, maybe I can take you to see the storm aurora. It only happens outside the left tail section for some reason. Oh, wait, there's like a historical theater thing. Sometimes they do recreation shows. Sometimes they show the old style cinema stuff. It's totally retro cool. Danny, you could tell what was new and old from when you left. That'd like be such a help on my thesis, how storytelling developed alongside technology in the pre-shattering era. Danny! What? This isn't a proper day. I never said it was. But you said you thought... Life on the other side of Letdown Street wasn't as simple as you thought it was. Ten years and a million experiences ago, Shade strangled a you're-a-good-kid but before it could form itself on her tongue. I made a mistake. I assumed things based on your text chats. And you've been assuming for the past 20 minutes based on one word. Danny deflated. I thought we were getting along. Have you never had someone desperate to tell you every last detail about something they love beyond reason but you're bored stiff by? And you never wanted to avoid breaking their poor hearts? Oh, like Lynn Wickhurst. Every day she has to tell me about the latest thing this singer she likes has done, and what it means to her continued existence, and she just talks and talks, and and you can't tell her that you don't want to hear about... Oh. Shade summoned a smile despite the funereal mood descending on their group. Clever girl. I'm sorry I wasted your time. Nah, don't feel bad about it. I know, right now, that's a wee bit like telling water not to be wet. Half a giggle. <laughs> the best relationships are between people with equal standing, aren't they? They make the best kind of teams. That's why Superman never really got to stay on Lois Lane. That's why a lot of heroes are single. With great power comes a really sucky dating pool. A genuine smile. The most important bit is having someone you can talk to. And listen to. You'll find that someone. Maybe they've always been there. Maybe they're just around the next corner. But when you do find them, tell me you had to break my heart. End file. We now commence intermission with a word from the author. Greetings, Assemble Cognizance. I wrote the story or stories you just heard, as well as performed it on a relatively cheap headset mic. We all have to start somewhere, and this is me, using what I've got. You might be wondering about the reference numbers. I can't read my fan fictions for legal reasons, so I'm skipping all the flash fictions I wrote that were inside someone else's IP. They are still available online for free, which we all prefer as a price tag. I'm doing this podcast for two reasons. The first being accessibility and the other being advertising. I want as many people as possible enjoying my little tales, and providing audio versions of them might just help with that. Likewise, if people can hear my stories, they might just wish to share them with their friends. 
We have busy lives these days, and curling up with a good book just isn't in the cards for many people. I get it. It's been literal years since I've been able to enjoy the same privilege. Therefore, these half-hour-ish podcasts should help fill some kind of void for someone, somewhere. Hopefully, it's you. If you wish to hear an improvement in audio quality, buy my books, join my Patreon, or just send me a Kofi, then you might just want to set your data readers to internauta.org. That's I-N-T-E-R-N-U-T-T-E-R dot O-R-G. There you will find links to every current means I have to get the word out, access to projects I'm working on, and the fast track to my Patreon and Kofi pages. If you like the melodious sound of my voice and wish to hear your business or organization name rendered in a semi-Australian accent, then send an inquiry to nutterbutler at gmail.com. That's N-U-T-T-E-R-B-U-T-T-L-E-R at gmail.com. We can negotiate rates. If you make music and wish to hear it distributed by my newbie podcast, then send a sample and an inquiry, and we can take it from there. Keep in mind that I am distributing this podcast for free, and I'm currently making zero dollars out of this affair. Thank you for listening, and I hope you stick with me for the foreseeable future. Accessing archival file, reference number 00018. File name reference, murder in the sheets. Prompt, in a police station with a cop who just discovered that her latest one night stand is now the main suspect in a nasty case. There are 10,000 dirty stories in this city. I'm just one of them. My name is Mickey Spillane. I'm a cop. And in case you missed the magnificent boobs and the ass made of sass, I'm also a girl. Treat me right, I'm a lady. Do me wrong? Well, you better not do me wrong. This job is littered with divorces and broken relationships. Being a cop eats love and spits out the bare bones, hungry for more. Part of the reason I chose to be a free spirit, unfettered by any man desperate to chain me to a desk or worse. Not that I'm against chains per se, in the right mood, in the right time, <laughs> but I digress. It's been hot, in more ways than one. Heat brings all the sickos out from hiding like the laundry list killer. Take all the worst elements of Jack the Ripper, Hitler, and Gacy, and then drag them backwards through an anatomist nightmare, and you're just beginning to glimpse how horrible this guy is. He has a type. A special kind of girl with all the right things in all the right places. Then he takes her back to her place and neatly removes and preserves them for display in just the right order so she lives long enough to see most of it come off or out. Everything that doesn't fit is literally nailed to the opposite wall and any blank space left over is filled with slurs written in her bodily fluids. We're still making up our minds as to whether he's a misogynist or a self-diagnosed romantic with an ideal none can attain. I think he's just a sick bastard who found a very good excuse to be a sick bastard. But my job is to try and find out who he is by where he's struck and what he's looking for. Trouble is, he's so all over the place that the profile hasn't extended much past white male age 16 to 34. I looked up into paradise. Last night's fling. He treated me like a lady last night and made all the ugly go away. Sculpted muscle. Trimmed, toned, and terrific. Skin like fresh poured honey and lips that could take you to heaven. I should have known he'd be trouble. 
The little details stabbed me in the heart like tiny shivs as I picked out the details. He'd thrown on my coat because his was still stuck in the ceiling fan and I'd broken the last stepladder trying to get it off. The rookie had her hands on something between his wrists. The silver glint of every cop's favorite. The bracelets of justice. The stammering way the rookie stumbled through the Miranda. The way he smiled sadly and shrugged as he sauntered past, showing off that apple bottom and the washboard abs. That was when it hit me. I fit the perp's laundry list too, and his last words to me suddenly made sense. I think I finally found a keeper. End file. Accessing archival file. Reference number 000019. File name reference. Chosen by the gods. Prompt in a chain restaurant with an inebriated thunder slash lightning god tired of freaking Thor getting all the attention. While he decides he needs a champion to raise the amount of people who know who he is slash remember him. And that champion is the teenager who is his waitress. It was a dark and, oh god, stormy night. The bums that usually cleared out five minutes before the little tip saucer appeared on their table hung around and actually dropped change on the saucer. Pennies, for the most part, the occasional nickel crying because it was alone, and one ancient-looking coin in a string of cowrie shells. Aisha freshened up the weirdo's coffee and said, We prefer legal tender here. The coin was surprisingly heavy and almost disgustingly filthy. The coin, slurred the bum, could buy this whole block. Scrub my face on it. Sure it does, smiled Aisha, subconsciously checking her avenues for escape. She had to take it because otherwise the bum would forget the money, or in this case, filthy old junk, actually belonged to Aisha and take it back. It is also a powerful totem against lightning. It's a good thing we only serve coffee after hours. At the risk of repeating herself, she said, Sure it is. And scraped some of the filth off. Some really old imagery. This is a very weird picture of Thor. Isn't he supposed to have a hammer, not a spear? Thor. Ha! Thunder punctuated their conversation, as if objecting to the outmoded blasphemy. Thor gets all the freaking credit. Followers. Comic books, movies. Now he's swanning around like Fabio. More me, me, me than backstage at the opera. Thor! Okay, I needed a reminder why it's never a good idea to chat with the customers. Thanks for that. There are older gods, better gods, purer gods. From the first places, we came before any of those tempering poses from the north or the east. None of the other bums seemed interested in rescuing her, or calling for more coffee, or fake calling for more coffee in order to rescue her. It's official. Chivalry is dead. Of course there are. Ancient. Like that coin. They say Croesus invented coins because he's wider than any of those who did invent them. Just like they have Thor instead of the mighty Shango. Shango? My nanny used to tell me about Shango. Aisha checked the coin again. That wasn't a badly rendered breastplate. Those were badly rendered breasts. 
Shango the Thunder Queen, who split the air with her spears of light, amongst many other unlikely things. Thor has all the attention. Thor has all of the glory. Thor has foreign comic books. But he's only pretend compared to the mighty Shango. Another thunder crash. Pops, scrubbing away at the grill, stared through the service window at Aisha, who made desperately covert bail-me-out signals. I used to have the adoration of thousands. THOUSANDS! Poor you, sighed Aisha. Pop smirked and shook his head and shrugged. Pop signed for, I'm not doing jack until there's a fight. Thanks a bunch, Pops. Now, I'm lucky to have a few hundred who even know my name. Poor you, sighed Aisha. One of the bums hanging out at the bar decided that outside was starting to look better than inside. I have been searching for a real warrior. Someone who can stand and fight for the battle ahead. Champion amongst champions. Great, I hope you find him. Him? The weirdo laughed. And outside, a cacophony of thunder almost obliterated the sound. <laughs> no man is equal to a woman, especially a young woman. Not even if he knows my name. Weirdo and weirder. Uh, what? No man alive has the magic to grow another human inside him. No man has been born who can withstand the fight to bring life into the world. No man can bear the brunt of menses like a woman can. He is simply not strong enough. No, you, Aisha. You are the champion I seek. The dirty hoodie slipped open during her speech. Shango. Old and withered, but still recognizably Shango, with her hair knotted into complicated buns on either side of her head. Nana once told Aisha that they were for knocking sense into her allies when they argued too long. And so they are, but I am close to you. The dirty old umbrella by her side was looking less and less umbrella-like by the minute, and Shango actually looked a little more... vitalized. Why me? Because you know me. Because there is part of you that believes. Because you look at these pale, sad men that have made, been made into gods and wish you could that just once. They would show someone like you in a position of power. More than once would be better, mumbled Aisha. How about the opportunity to be a champion? Every day. Most of the surviving imagery flew into her head. Um, I wouldn't have to run around in a skin-tight outfit with my boobs hanging out, would I? Only if that pleases you. No, I think I get the wrong kind of attention. Aisha lowered her voice to a whisper as she sat opposite the ancient African goddess. Way too many men. The mighty Shango grinned. I was right to choose you. You will do well. And fire. You have been listening to Intermission, the story audio podcast made logic free for your entertainment. 
Introduction and incidental music by Ellipsis Addiction. Stories and performances by C.M. Well, also known as the Internata. Cover art by The Greatest Asswaffle and credited as such by their request. For all further information, set your data readers to I-N-T-E-R-N-U-T-T-E-R dot O-R-G. Intermission. Sponsored by no one. Listened by you.